بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایوہ المزمل او یو ہو از ریپڈ اپ قم اللیل الا قلیلا arise to pray in the night except for a little the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is addressed this is an early makkah surah and one of the first things the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was instructed to do was to perform the night prayer why because he was going to be given a very heavy word qawlan thaqila which is quran and in order to carry something heavy you need to build strength How do you build strength? Not by resting, but by increasing your capacity. And how do you do that? By standing in prayer in the night. قُمِ اللَّيْلَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا How much of the night? نِصْفَهُ Half of it. أَوِنْ قُسْ مِنْهُ قَلِيلًا Or subtract a little from it. Meaning less than half. أَوْ زِدْ عَلَيْهِ Or add to it. Meaning pray a little more than half of the night. And then in the night prayer, what to do? وَرَتِّلِ الْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا Recite the Qur'an with measured recitation. So what is tartil? What do you remember from the meaning of tartil? What kind of recitation is tartil? Yes? Okay. One part of it is correct pronunciation. So reciting with tajweed. And the other part of it is meaningful recitation. Which is that a person is pausing at the right place he is raising his voice or lowering his voice or he is adding intensity in the recitation so basically it is reading with comprehension this is tartil waratil alqur'ana tartila and in order to recite quran with tartil what do you have to do can you recite super fast can you no remember the statement of the sahabi who said that make your ears listen meaning what you're reading should be such that you are able to follow along also not that you're reading with your mouth and you're lagging behind right you're lagging after you're struggling with keeping up as to what you're reading because sometimes what happens you reach the end of an ayah and you're like what did i read right it happens with english reading also you read an entire paragraph an entire page and you wonder what is it that i read here Right? What's going on in the story? What's going on in this book? You have no idea. So the thing is that when it comes to the recitation of the Qur'an, just the reading itself is a source of reward. Isn't it? It's a source of reward. For every letter you recite, there is ajr. But Qur'an is for ajr. And it is for hidayah. And through hidayah, more ajr. Right? More reward. So when reading the Qur'an, let us not just... derive benefit from the letters or the sounds that we produce let us also benefit from what the words contain the message that they convey in order to do that we must recite with comprehension so rattilil qur'ana tartila and why prayer in the night because inna sanulqi alayka qawlan thaqila a heavy word a heavy speech meaning the quran is going to be given to you so for that build your inner strength increase your capacity inna nashi'ata al-layl and why pray in the night why not make time for it during the day because the hours of the night hiya ashaddu wat'an they are more effective for what reason what what are the two meanings of wat the first meaning is trampling the soul So basically disciplining the nafs. So the night prayer 
is more effective in disciplining the nafs. So this means wherever we are struggling with our nafs, whether it is with regards to speech or with regards to our anger, with regards to our certain habits, that the nafs is preventing us from doing what Allah wants us to do. So then, what is necessary? Discipline the soul. And one of the most effective ways of disciplining the soul is the night prayer. The second meaning of the word wat is? Yes? What do you have in your notes? The second meaning of the word wat? You can check your notes, no problem. Okay. What? The second meaning of what? Somebody else? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the second meaning would be concentration because wita is when there's concurrence between things, meaning they're happening at the same time, they are in sync. So this is, the night prayer is ideal for what? For focus. That your heart and your ears will be together. Meaning, whatever you are listening to, whatever you're reciting, you're also able to focus on it. So what it's better for focus and concentration. وَأَقْوَ مُقِيلَ And more suitable for words. Which words? Words of? Words of? Recitation. And how is it more suitable? Because it's more sincere. Right? You know, for example, sometimes you're reciting the Qur'an and part of it really hits you, really strikes you. And you want to recite it again. But there's somebody else who's sitting there and they're saying, why are you reciting this again? You feel self-conscious, right? When you're reciting in front of other people. So when there's nobody listening to you, except for yourself, right? There's no other person around. Then you can recite while crying. You can recite while smiling. You can recite 20 times the same thing. You can recite in a very intense manner. أَقْوَ مُقِيلًا so qil, which qil is this? Which speech is this? Recitation. What else could it be? The words of dua, of prayer. Because in the night, when you make dua, it will be more sincere. So wa muqila. Then Allah says that inna laka fin nahari sabhan tawila. Why not make time for recitation during the day? Because it would be very good if you could. However, in general, you have way too much to do during the day. Subhan tawila, Too many things going on. And this is something that you may experience. I remember a sister once told me that as soon as she ended the course, you know, the course ended and I met her after a couple of weeks and she's like, I'm struggling so much to even open up the Qur'an these days because there's five kids, mashaAllah, little, little kids. One child has to go to school and then you have to take care of their homework and then their laundry and then their fights and then their this and then their that. And she's like, by the time I'm done, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. So really, this is true. That during the day, you know, if you leave the recitation of the Qur'an for some time during the day, then may Allah help you. Right? Because yes, mashallah, many of you, you have control over your time in the sense that you can sleep whenever, you can eat whenever, you can study whenever. But there are many people who have obligations towards others. And so, should they deprive themselves of the recitation of the Qur'an? No, make time for it. You must make time for it. And when do you do that? In the night, or at least at Fajr time. So, إِنَّ لَكَ فِي النَّهَارِ سَبْحًا طَوِيلًا وَذْكُرِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ And mention the name of your Lord. Meaning when you begin the recitation of the Qur'an in the night, then what should you do? Begin with the mention 
off the name of your Lord. Meaning begin with, begin with, Bismillah. وَذْكُرِسْمَ رَبِّكَ And not just recitation in the night, but any time that you recite the Qur'an, begin by mentioning the name of Allah. So whenever we recite the Qur'an, how do we start? With Bismillah. And this is general also, that in your day and in your night, mention Allah's name. Meaning, remember Him. Do His dhikr. وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا Tabattal, devote yourself. Ilayhi to him, tabtila, with complete devotion. Now, tabattal, tabtil, from root letters, bata, lam. And batala is to cut something and separate it from the rest. To cut something and separate it from the rest. So think of it this way, there's a huge cake, right? You cut a piece of it. And you take it out. You put it on a plate and you take it away. This is what? Batala. Right? You separated it. You cut it and you separated it. So, tabattal ilayhi. What does it mean? That disengage from everything and devote yourself to who? Ilayhi. To Allah alone. Disengage from everything. This is talking about the night prayer in particular. Disengage from every thought, every worry, every work, your phone, your homework, you know, diaper changing, your kids, whatever it is. Disengage from everything and now focus on who? On who? On Allah alone. Now tell me, is it possible to do this kind of tabattul during the day? Or tabtil during the day? No. Because it's amazing. Even when you're praying salah, people will give you messages. Isn't it? Okay, I'm leaving. Okay, so and so is calling you. You're praying. And then what happens during your prayer? You're thinking about those things. So, tabattal ilayhi tabtila, completely disconnect from everything and connect yourself to who? To Allah. Tabattal ilayhi tabtila. Now, this is with regards to the night prayer, but even in general, that when you are worshipping Allah, then what do you have to do? Disconnect from everything. Mentally, physically, verbally, in every way. What happens is that we connect with people how? By talking to them. We connect with people how? Or with things by looking at them. Or by thinking about them. But when you're praying salah, are you allowed to even look here or there? No. Can you talk to people? Give them just one answer. One answer. You know, for example, you're praying, everybody's leaving and you want to go with them. Can you just say, wait? Can you? No, you can't. So even verbally, you know, you're disconnected. No communication between you and people. Tabattal ilayhi tabtila. Why is this kind of focus necessary? Why? Because if you don't make time for it, when will you? And when we do things half-heartedly, that we're half in it, half disconnected from it, then what happens? What happens? If we're not entirely focused on our work, can we get 100% out of it? No. You can't. So for example, you may have been sitting once upon a time in a classroom while the professor is talking, and you were just lost in something, right? And he explained a very important concept, and you didn't really pay attention, and then what happened? Did you suffer for the rest of the course? You probably did. Because you were sitting there, but you were mentally 
somewhere else. Isn't it? So, tabattal ilayhi tabtila. Pray to him, beg him, glorify him, ask him for guidance, ask him for forgiveness, ask him for strength, and focus entirely on him. Who is he? Rabbul Mashriqi wal Maghrib. He is the Lord of the East and the West. The place where the sun rises and the place where the sun sets. All directions. He is the Lord of everything. La ilaha illahu. And this is why there is no God worthy of worship except He. Fattakhidhu. So take Him, meaning take Allah as wakila, as disposer of affairs. Meaning, take Allah as the one whom you rely upon and entrust all of your affairs to. There should be no problem, no issue, nothing going on in your life except that you rely upon Allah regarding it. Don't we hear that the Sahaba would even pray to Allah about their broken shoelaces? Yeah? What does that mean? That even the most you know, minute issue that you have in your life, who is it that you must rely upon regarding it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَاتَّخِذْهُ وَكِيلًا But when can you do that? When you strengthen your bond with Allah. When you talk to Him in the night when everybody is sleeping. When you recite His word that He has sent for you. When you spend time in prayer, then outside of prayer also, you will be able to rely upon Him. And if you learn to rely upon Allah, then you'll be chill. You'll be a relaxed person. Really. And if you don't learn to rely upon Allah, then I'm sorry, your life will be very difficult. Because isn't life difficult in general? Aren't there things going against our wishes all the time? Isn't it? So what happens? When you learn to rely upon Allah, then you learn to relax. Because you know that He will take care of things for you. And whatever He will decree, it'll be okay. So, فَاتَّخِذْهُ وَكِيلًا وَاصْبِرْ The Prophet ﷺ is told, and be patient. عَلَى مَّا يَقُولُونَ Over whatever they say. Who says? Over what the people say. The people would say a lot of things about the Prophet ﷺ. Against him. They'd make fun of him. They would say very hurtful things about him. Sometimes at his face. Sometimes behind his back, amongst themselves. And if ever you find out that people are talking about you, they said such and such about you, even though you didn't hear those words, does it hurt you? Does it hurt you? Yeah, it hurts. So what is the advice that Allah gave to His Messenger? وَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ Be patient over what they say. So what is the lesson for us also? That if people are saying things that annoy us, that hurt us, that break our heart, and we didn't do anything to deserve those words, that harsh treatment, then what is the solution? What do you do in that situation? Wasbir, be patient. Because you don't have control over people, do you? You know, sometimes we think, if only I could talk to that person myself, I'd make them quiet. You know, you can make them quiet in that moment, but wait until they leave you. And then what's going to happen? They're going to start talking again. And you know, one of the best things is that when somebody tells you so-and-so was saying this about you, please don't ask them what were they saying. And this is why, you know, when it comes to comments also online, 
like they say, don't even read them. Right? Don't even read them. So for example, there's an article about some Muslim and then a very negative portrayal and any you know, things blown out of proportion and the comments over there, just don't even read them. And when people come and tell you that your sister-in-law, your mother-in-law, or your cousin, or that aunt, or that neighbor, they were saying this about you, please don't take interest in it. Don't. Because the more you will try to find out what they're saying, the more it's going to bother you. It's going to be difficult for you to do sabr. So wasbir ala ma yaqulun. Whatever they say, whether they say it to your face or they say it behind your back, no matter what it is, be patient and expect reward from Allah. Wahjurhum and avoid them. Hajra, hajimra, hijra from the same root. What does hijra mean? To immigrate. What does that mean? That you leave where you were and you go elsewhere. This is hijra, right? So wahjurhum, leave them, meaning avoid them. When you know that somebody is going to say something nasty to you, which is going to hurt your feelings, why are you going and sitting in front of them? Why? Does this mean cut off from them? No. It means, yes, say salam, how are you, khalas, and then move on. Wahjurhum hajran jamila. Hajran, a leaving that is jamil, that is beautiful. Remember the word jamil, sabran jamil? What is jamil? Outwardly beautiful. Meaning, you can see the beauty. The beauty is visible. Now the thing is that, if somebody bothers us, if somebody hurts us, and we want to follow this ayah, wahjurhum, leave them. How will we leave them generally? How? Huff and puff. Right? Say a couple of things as you're walking out angrily, bang the door maybe, and you know, throw something and show some attitude. What does Allah say? Leave them gracefully, beautifully, not frowning and yelling and huffing and puffing. Wahjurhum hajran jamila, meaning just ignore. It's difficult, but it's worth a try. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving this advice. You know when somebody advises you and you're like, I don't know if it's going to work. You still try it because you're desperate for any advice, for any solution. Allah is giving this advice. وَذَرْنِي and leave me. You know when somebody says to you, leave me, let me be. What does it mean? Let me do what I'm doing and don't interfere. Don't stop me from this. So ذَرْنِي Leave me, meaning let me do this. وَالْمُكَذِّبِينَ And the deniers. Meaning, leave me to deal with the deniers however I want. You don't come in between. You stay out of this, like we say. So, what does it mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that I will deal with the deniers myself. I will deal with the deniers myself. This is a severe threat, a severe warning to the mukaddibin. That imagine if Allah is intending to punish them Himself and He's making it clear that dharni wal mukaddibin, what a severe punishment this would be. So in other words, the Prophet ﷺ is being told, why do you have to worry? These people who are denying you, leave their matter to me. I will deal with them. So, وَذَرْنِي وَالْمُكَذِّبِينَ Who are these mukaddibin? Ulin na'mati. Those of na'mah. What is na'mah? 
Same root as ni'mah, ni'mah blessing, ni'mah ease in life, comfort. And how do you get ease in life? Through blessings. So those of affluence, they deny and they are people of affluence. Who gave them all of this ease in life, these comforts in life? Allah gave them. But look at them. They turn back and deny Allah. وَمَهِلْهُمْ And the Prophet ﷺ is told that mahilhum Allow them respite. For how long? قَلِيلًا For a little. Mahil Meem ha lam Tamheel Mahal is to be slow. And muhla is to give respite. Meaning be slow in taking action against someone. So when you're slow in taking action against someone, what does it mean? You're giving them time. That let's see what they do. So, mahilhum. The Prophet ﷺ is told, give time to these mukaddibin. Don't be hasty regarding them. Give them time. What does this mean? Be patient. Yes, they are denying. Yes, they are deserving of punishment because of what they are doing and because of how they are treating you. But you don't become vengeful. Give them time and just wait and see. And if you think about it, there were so many people who initially opposed the Prophet ﷺ, but later on, those same people, they became Muslim. Amr bin al-As radiallahu anhu. He is the one who went to Abyssinia, right? To get the Muslims back, those who had immigrated. And then Amr bin al-As radiallahu anhu, he became Muslim later on, and his relationship with the Prophet ﷺ was so good, that he used to think that the Prophet ﷺ likes me the most. I'm his favorite. And then one day he actually asked him, that who do you love the most, Ya Rasulullah? And he said, Aisha. And he said, no, no, from among the men. He said, her father. He's like, after him, somebody else. After him, somebody else. And Amr bin Al-As is like, I think I should be quiet. I shouldn't ask him anymore. Why did I even ask him this question? So, mahilhum qalila. Now, what happens is that, you know, we have a fight with somebody. We have an argument with somebody. We have a disagreement with somebody. And we're like, this is it. It's over. I can't deal with this individual anymore. There is no way I could live with them. There is no way I could work with them. I quit. And if I quit, you know, my life will be perfect. Will it be perfect? No. Even if you quit, you will have another set of problems. When you're dealing with people, when you're working with them, living with them, you will have disagreements. You will have arguments. But just because you had one disagreement doesn't mean that your relationship with that individual is finished forever. Don't be hasty and don't be vengeful. Give time. Give space. Give space. And then, with time, inshallah, things will improve. Things will change. You know, for example, many parents have this problem with their children. That as they're growing up, teenagers or whatnot, you know, they're like, this is not working out, this is not working out, this is not working out. Fight after fight, argument after argument. So what is necessary? Give space to each other. Give space to each other. Give time. Don't be hasty. Husband and wife also. One argument doesn't mean that an argument means divorce. No, give time. Wait. Mahilhum qalila. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comforts the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa that those who continue to oppose and deny you in this way and who don't change, who don't soften for you even with so much time, then inna ladayna, indeed we have ladayna with us, meaning we have for them amkalan, shackles, wajahima and burning fire. Those who continue in this way and die in this way, then for them in the hereafter are ankal wajahim. Ankal, plural of the word nickel, noon kaf lam. And it's used for shackles or fetters with which animals are tied up. Heavy. Inna ladayna ankalan wajahima. Jahim, burning, raging fire. Wata'aman. And we also have for them ta'aman, some food which is the ghussatin. The having, meaning one that has ghussa. Ghussa, ghain sad sad. Ghussa in Arabic. Okay. What does it mean? It is something that causes one to choke. So the word is used for, for example, lump in the throat or when something gets jammed, it gets stuck in the throat. So for instance, when food or water gets stuck in the throat, and it's not easy to swallow it. So a person has to drink something over it, or he has to keep trying and trying. You know, a person can choke and die like this. Food that will be difficult to even swallow. Food that will choke them every time they take it in. And you know how sometimes there's some type of food, maybe texture or taste or flavor that you just cannot tolerate because of you know your natural dislike of it. So what happens? Even if you try to have it and you put it in your mouth, are you able to swallow it? No. You will see this with children many times and when they're told again and again, eat this, eat this, eat this, and they don't want to eat it, what happens? The moment they take it in their mouth, they throw up. It comes out. So horrible this food will be that it will be even difficult to swallow, to take it in. And it doesn't end there. And a painful punishment. When will this be? On the day when the earth will convulse. Rajfa. To shake. To convulse an earthquake. يَوْمَ تَرْجُفُ الْأَرْضُ وَالْجِبَالِ The day when the earth and the mountains will convulse. And they will shake so much that وَكَانَتِ الْجِبَالُ That the mountains will be كَثِيبًا mahila. They will become كَثِيب mahil. What is this كَثِيب mahil? كَثِيب is used for a long wide dune of sand. And mahil is from the word hala. Ha ya lam. The verb hala. Hala yahilu. And hala yahilu is when something flows very easily. It's not firm. So when it's not firm, you know, one step on it or you strike it very gently and what will happen? It will start moving. So for example, it's used for a heap of sand. Sand, when it's dry, it's not firm. Isn't it? You just take a small stick and you just hit it and what will happen? The grains of sand will start 
pouring down. This is hail, to pour, to flow very easily. So mountains will be kathiba mahila. They will become a heap of sand that is mahil, that is shifting, that is pouring down. Imagine huge, firm, solid mountains, parts of which actually all of it is so firm that in order to remove even a section of it, people have to blow dynamites. Isn't it? Now imagine on the Day of Judgment, the earth and the mountains will be shaken to an extent that basically mountains will turn into dust. They will turn into sand. Such sand that will shift and flow and move. Kathiba mahila. Inna arusalna ilaykum rasula. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses these mukaddibin that why are you denying? We have sent to you a messenger. And this messenger, shahidan alaykum, who has been sent as a witness over you. Meaning someone to convey the message to you. And then on the day of judgment, he will testify against you that he actually conveyed the message. Are you still going to deny? He's going to testify against you. Kama arusalna, just as we sent ila fir'aun to fir'aun, rasulan a messenger. We have sent you a messenger, O people, just as we sent to fir'aun a messenger. Who was the messenger sent to fir'aun? Prophet Musa alayhi salam. What did Fir'aun do? Fa'asa. So he disobeyed. Who disobeyed? Fir'aun Fir'aun. Fa'asa Fir'aun rasul Fir'aun disobeyed the messenger, Prophet Musa alayhi salam. So what happened then? Fa'akhadnahu. So we seized him. Who? Fir'aun. How did we seize him? In what manner? Akhdan wabila. Akhd, a seizing, that was wabil. That was disastrous. Wabil, wabalam. We have done this word earlier also. Wabil is used for heavy rain. And wabil is used for something that has evil, horrible consequences. Because you see, heavy rain, as beautiful rain is when it's very heavy, more than what is expected, then it can cause a lot of disaster. Akhdan wabila. What was this seizing that was completely disastrous? What happened to Fir'aun and his entire nation? They were drowned. So here we see that the people of Makkah are being compared with Fir'aun. And the Prophet wasallam is being compared with who? Musa salam. An example is given to the people of Makkah. That, O oh people of Makkah, we have sent you a messenger. And you know what? To Fir'aun also, we sent a messenger. Fir'aun denied the messenger. You are also denying the messenger. What was Fir'aun's end? Akhdan wabila. Then what do you expect your story to be? What do you expect your end to be? فَعَصَى فِرْعَوْنُ الرَّسُولَ فَأَخَذْنَاهُ أَخْذًا وَبِيلًا